Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on 101.9. And today I am really so happy to introduce you to my guests, Leora Kopolovsky or Carp, Robin Schmuckler and Leanne Jackson. Our topic is nurtured with love, laughter and tears. We especially chose this day because uh, Sunday was the unveiling of Sean's tombstone at West Park. And uh, his English date of, of leaving was the 8th of August 2022. And he'd been in a coma for three years, a particular type of coma which Leora will tell you about. And her Leora's friends have been unbelievably supportive, each taking on different roles. In our last program on the 28th of the 3rd of this year, if you want to pick it up, it's on YouTube and podcast, Leora was talking uh, about what was happening, what had happened, and also we were reading out letters from Sean's friends. So today we've got Leora's friends. Welcome to the three of you. I must just say that, uh, you know, we say humor is laughter is also there. And last time, when we came off air, you and I, Leora, we were both quite tearful. And who should arrive? But two of your friends, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention names, and they arrived with schnapps, granadilla schnapps. I'd never had one while I was working, but it was delicious, yeah. and I've enjoyed them ever since. So thank you. Leora, we were talking about Sean's unveiling. And you, an amazing thing that you told me was that, first of all, Leanne and Robin had both said it was a huge unveiling. What a testimony to, to the man he was and still is. Absolutely. And, and I believe your son spoke. He did. Was how did, well, how was that? Did you, did he go through it with you first or? So, sure, just dive right in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> so my son had actually come to me a few days before, um, the unveiling and he said, mommy, I really want to speak. And I said, okay, boy, you know, he's, he has matured in such an unbelievable way, really just stepped into himself. Um, and, and I said, okay, if that's what you want to do, I said to him, do you have an idea of what you want to say? You know, you can't just wing it. Um, and, um, another friend actually, I just felt it was too, too much for me to be able to sit down and help him write, um, a speech. And I phoned a friend and I said to her, would you please come and help? And she said, of course. And she arrived and the two of them wrote, um, his speech together. I just went through it with him and yeah he stood up and he spoke he was amazing amazing this is finding human with sue jackson only on 101.9 high fm hello this is sue jackson and i'm back on the finding human program on 101.9 high fm my guests are leora kopolovsky robin schmuckler and leanne jackson and we're talking about the role of friendships the role of laughter the role of tears and love in grief 
And I think I need to really say here, as Robin said before coming in, we need to make very clear that everyone grieves in their own way. There's no one way to to grieve. There's there's a linear that of grief. It takes a certain way, and each person follows the path that they want to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Rob, how did you first hear about Sean? Um, so just good morning to everyone, and thank you for having us on the show. Um, so I remember very clearly, actually, um, I was sitting in a meeting. It was a Wednesday afternoon, I'm correct. Um, and I saw a call from Leora, and I thought, okay, I'll call her after the meeting. And then I saw a second call. Um, so I thought, no, that's very unusual. Leora's the most unhysteric. You know, some people <laughs> are like, why aren't you answering? She's very much not. So I was like, okay, maybe something's wrong. Let me just phone her back. And I straight away phoned her back, and I said, is everything okay? And she said, I don't know any details, but I just know that Sean has been stung, and um, we needed to hit him group. So I remember, I think it was maybe a year before, a little while before Sean was stung, and Leora said that he was allergic and he was on a hike. So I knew it wasn't nothing, but at that point we didn't have any information. So I just said to the person I was meeting, I'm sorry, I have to go, and we set up a Tehillim group, and I actually went straight to Lingsfield Clinic. So you are what would be called a task friend. You immediately looked at what was needed and got it going. Is that what you would call yourself? I don't know. I've never called that. Robin (laughs) is so much more than just a task friend. No, a task friend is is everything friend. (laughs) And that's what a task friend often is. It's a leader who starts putting things into place and they themselves put themselves out and really feel for the person or the family. Is that what you are, Rob? Um, I think also within that, it's it's very much you have to, it's, uh, that's what we were speaking about briefly before we came on air, is that you have to have quite a lot of sensitivity when, when you are faced with a friend or somebody who you care for who's who's in a situation like that. Because some people completely shut down, you know, and they're like, don't tell anyone, and we just need space now, we need to process this. And other people are like, you know, feel like the community is their army who can help and who can support and and different people deal, deal differently and different people want different things. So in a crazy way, I think Leora like, gives people an invitation to be able to help also. Mm-hmm. And, and most people in their own grief are so grief-stricken that that's all that they see, you know, and feel. Um, I just have to, like, mention on Sunday, you mentioned it with Sean's unveiling. And Leora said to me after the unveiling, um, I believe there was another unveiling today. And she's like, do you mind just showing me where it was so I can go put a stone on that grave also? Mm. Now, I don't know anyone who has that depth of sensitivity to others in the midst of your own grief. Absolutely. Um, so I think when we're speaking today about being there for Leora, it, it is an exceptional, you know, so like I think for all of us, it's been obviously the the whole journey of Sean, you know, rocked us and shook us and... Um, yeah, all in different ways. I actually did a CSO course and Sean was my instructor. Oh, so I saw wow. him as this, and shame, he like, in, it's, it's quite a strong, you have to be strong and you have to go and shoot guns and, but he was so nurturing within that. So I like, you know, I think each person has their own story with Sean, mm. who he was. He would just show up, you know? So we, we each had our own story with Sean or connection, but I think 
Leora's journey um, like touched us all deeply just because it became all of our shared journey mm-hmm. and how she just allowed us to be part of the journey and yeah, open to us all. Like I think a lot of people feel it's there, you know, it's my husband, it's my grief, it's my, and she's honestly allowed the community and, and all the people that Sean impacted through the CSO and through so many channels to also be invited into that. And so mm. I feel that you're also feeling this. Which is so unusual. Absolutely. It's actually the most unbelievable thing to hear, to tell you the truth, Leora. For me, I just feel, and I've said it over and over, Sean didn't only belong to us. Mm. Sean impacted so many people's lives. Um, and, and we belong, we all belong to each other. And it was really important for me that everybody whose life he touched was able to experience their, um, their loss and their grief and how it impacted them as well. So Absolutely. But, you know, Brené Brown actually said, one day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through and it will be someone else's survival guide. That is my hope. Mm. That is why I share my story. And your story will, even if people do not relate to it fully, there's something even about friends and friends talking. Lee, we're going to go to you now. And there are a lot of us in studio today, actually. It's quite fun because it was very cold outside and the schnapps is looking very good. (laughs) (laughs) Lee, tell me, I know. How did you meet Leora? Well, firstly, also good morning, and thanks you for having me on the show, and it's wonderful to be here with you too. So, so I met Leora actually ten years ago, when my younger daughter was um, in grade R. She was the teacher, and I mean it's amazing how we really connected. Um, not only because of my daughter being in her class, but we both had older children that were battling and didn't fit into the normal system. So. I think I spend more time speaking to Leora about my other child, not the one in the class, mm. and getting advice from her, which continued. I mean, it still continues today. So we always had that connection. I always loved Leora. And um, then four years after that, which was six years ago, we landed up going on the Israel JWRP trip together. With Robin. With Robin. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I knew Leora. I didn't know Robin. Uh, but without a doubt, I mean, the people changed all the time on this trip um, until the last minute. And I definitely believe all of us that were on it were meant to be. Um, out of that group, there's still 11 of us that have got the most amazing friendship. Mm. Close. I mean, some of them are my still, to this day, my best friends. Mm. Amazing, amazing girls. And I think it was meant to be, especially for what Leora was going to go through. It was like almost planned that, that, that Leora, the support system and that brought us all together when this happened to Sean was amazing and it still is today. And you know, Lee, when I'm actually, as you're talking, I'm thinking about back to when, when this first happened to Sean. Sean, uh, for people who didn't hear our previous podcast, Leora, I think you need to just fill in because we have new listeners all the time. Sure. So, um, Sean was, um, at a job, he was finding a water leak. That was his business. And he lifted up a grate and with, obviously without realizing, he disturbed some bees, which they flew up and he was stung three times. Um, two on the face and I think one a little bit lower down on his body. Uh, he had an EpiPen with him. He gave himself the EpiPen. The lady, um, the owner of the house was there and he said to her, I'm allergic, call Hatsola. 
He called um, through to, I think this must have been the CSO control room. He was very involved in CSO. And then he passed out. And um, he was rushed. I mean, Hatsola were there within within seconds. And he was rushed to the Linksfield. And um, unfortunately, because of the... Because of the severity of the reaction, of his allergic reaction, his brain was starved of oxygen, and um, they had to resuscitate him twice on the night, and he he never regained consciousness. He was in what is called a persistent vegetative state for three years. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hi, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on Chai FM 101.9. If you would like to contact us, please do so on 34519 or telegram on 061-895-1019. My guests today are Leora Kopolovsky, Robin Schmuckler and Leanne Jackson. And... um, Leora was telling us that Sean was stung by a bee that, uh, and he was in a, in a, a particular type of a coma for three years and passed away last August. And that's why he's just had his yachtzeit now. Um, Leo, uh, Leanne, I'm going to go back to you because when you – did you go up to the hospital when you heard that this was happening? So, yeah, so the minute I heard um – I mean, I instinctively just dropped everything and went to the hospital. Um, you know, as I said, is that Leora, she did. She had an amazing support system, family, people around her. Uh, for whatever reason, I, I found very much comfort in being in the hospital all the time. Um, day in, day out, I would go there, sometimes two, three times a day, and not to sit there and try and do anything for Leora because I, I know that nothing that I would have said or done could have made any difference or helped her. I've been in that situation before, and Leora is one of the strongest, most amazing people I know. I knew she would be okay, as hard as it was. So for me just to be there, I mean, sometimes I didn't even see Leora, but, you know, just to sit there with her children, to sit there with family, um, I found great comfort in that. You know, just to be there, if anyone needed anything, I was so happy just to jump up and, and sort it out and help wherever I could. So were you there for Sean's parents and Leora's parents also? Yeah, so she, yeah, Sean's parents, I mean, my, my heart broke for them. My heart broke for Leora's kids. Um, you know, it was just... So just to be there, I mean, I didn't even know Sean's parents before, but just to be there, you know, you could just see they just they just needed people to talk to. They mm. just needed... They just wanted to cry to someone, you know, just to someone to just give them a hug. Um, mm. And um, I, I, I found much comfort in being in that role. And um, with her children, who I developed the most amazing relationship through that, and just to be there for them um, as much as I could. Fantastic. And you, Rob, what was your role when, when Sean was in hospital? So you had set up the Tehillim group, and what was your role then? So it's an interesting thing because I don't think you actually have a role. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like day by day. And also, um, Lee, like Leora very much says what she needs or doesn't. Like, I think that's also comforting for everyone else, you know. So we had an Omain party, I remember, um, a few days after. A what? Um, it's called an Omain party oh. where we said, just had like a lot of blessings said, um, just in in yeah just just to bring positive merit and i think that gave leora comfort and it gave us all you know that we almost could do something 
Um, and I think what Leora then did focus on was what could bring like spiritual light. Mm. Um, and let's do that. So I remember she's like, we need a radio ad. Like, we need music that's always got good music playing. Candles. Um, mm. Leora got very attached to, which I think is a physical something to do, but it also really was that light. Like she just wanted Sean to be surrounded by light. She wanted to be surrounded by light. So I think that gave us, when you say a role, I think that gave us our role. Like mm. just, just bring light. Um, so in many ways, Leora, you actually steered your friends into what you needed. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, so I, I used to be the kind of person that was very much, I've got this, I don't need anybody to help me. Um, I don't want to burden anybody. I don't want to. And I had many years of therapy before Sean was stung. So between my daughter's accident, she had an accident with, um, her hand she lost fingers on her hand unfortunately um and i had many years in therapy to learn how to allow for space for people to step up and be there for me and we don't have to do everything on our own mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be like that people want to step up and help um and as lee said there's very little you can do you can't change what's happened you can't make it any more devastating than it is and practical stuff needs to get done. Kids need to be fed. Um, eventually, my children went back to school. They needed to get lifts. I wanted these beautiful things at the hospital, like radio, a radio and candles. And Was there a particular room that you could do that? So, um, well, once Sean in the ICU, we could have a radio playing for him. Um, at that stage, we didn't understand just the extent of the damage to his brain. And I wanted to make sure that if he could hear anything, that he was hearing music and um, that that was meaningful to him. But there's the practicalities of that. Somebody has to go out and get a radio. Mm. And I wanted, um, as Robin said, to, for there to be a candle just as a reminder that you just need one little flame and it's not completely dark. That was a representation of that for me. But somebody needs to go to the shops and buy the candle. Mm. And I'm not, I can't be that person. I'm sitting at the hospital speaking to doctors and holding Sean's hand. And so being able to say to people, can you help me with this? Can you do this for me? Um, there's a huge help for me. It's, it's a huge help for me. And I really feel, I feel like our community is so good at being there for each other. We are so comfortable to step up and, but, We've struggled to let people be there for us. And yet we know that when we are able to be there for somebody else, the feeling that we get. And so I, I, being on the other side of it and allowing people to be there for me, I just felt like, who am I to take that away from them? I take something away from them and I do need the help. Mm. Actually, it's mm. not like, you know, so, so everybody gets to be there for each other. And that's amazing thought, and definitely that's because you allowed them in. We were talking just before about each person mourns in their own way, and some people actually just go into themselves, into a cocoon, mm. and don't want anyone around yeah. them. And in those situations, often friends or the community do step in and help with meals and things, but not actually to talk to the person who is grieving. Yeah, listen, everybody everybody has their journey, and that's the thing with grief is that we are all going to experience it, but we are all going to experience it in completely different ways. Mm. I speak, unfortunately, there are a lot of 
um, women who have lost their husbands with children like my age. And, and I always say, I can't talk to mm. another widow and say, I know exactly how you are feeling because I don't. Mm. I know how I am feeling. And yes, we may have gone through similar, we've both lost our husbands, but your grief is your grief. I only can know how I am feeling and be curious, not curious, but to ask you, what is it like for you? But I can never assume that I know none of us can. Mm. And grief is such a personal thing and it is so different for every single person. So, yeah, if, you know, some people go inwards and if that's what they need, um, some people need lots of people around them. I kind of am between the two. I'm very happy to allow people into my space, but I definitely do need time um, on my own where I just need, and and then and then I'll go and I'll do that. And when I'm ready to let everybody back in, then I do. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Shut mm-hmm. everybody out or have everybody around you all the time. So and that's so true. And I think you probably found that your friends read read you in that way because they knew you. Absolutely. What also often happens um, is friendships change. Here I'm looking at three women who are particularly close to each other and have shared a journey which will bond you for life. Sometimes people that we expect to come in find it too difficult to come in. Whereas others suddenly appear and they become friends. Did you find that, Leora? Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody is only where they are at. Oh. And and I was very mindful. Um, I tried very hard to not be upset with people who, and, and to be very honest, there really were not a, a lot there. You know, I found that people were amazing. But People, it's not that they don't want to. They just don't know how. Mm. People, society in general is very uncomfortable with grief. People don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They don't want to overstep. Um, they don't want to seem as though they're prying. And so, yeah, it's – um and then you get, like you say, people who I have become close to so many people mm. that – have just shown up in ways that have has been unbelievable. Isn't that um, But I think for me it really is just accepting each person for who they are and where they are at mm. and, and being okay with that. Wonderful. That really is. Lee, I'm going to just ask you, what did it mean to you being able to step in there, to be there for Leora, to be there for her family, to be able to be a listening ear, and then you also did a lot of practical things with the children, with the business. Just tell me a bit about that. So, yeah, so how did it feel to be there? As I say, it's, for me, it, um, it, it gave me a purpose. It's like, for me, it just, it, 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 it was comforting for me. And I know, mm. you know, mentioning some people found it difficult. I remember some of our friends used to phone me and they were too scared to come there because they're like, they don't know what to say. So, you know, I'd always just say, just come when I'm there. It's not even a matter of saying anything or doing. It's just being there. So for me, maybe because I have had experience with it, but I really found it very easy. Um, you know, so it's not that Leora ever asked me, can you do this? Can you do that? Um, you know, for me, it was just being there. And the minute something came up, I, I was so happy to offer. So, you know, for instance, I was sitting there speaking to Sean's parents the one night, and they were talking about Sean's business where – they were both involved in the business. Um, no one was there to run it. 
Leora, going through whatever she was, was still trying to manage the business. And mm. um, so I stepped in and said, please, can I actually help? And uh, so, yeah, for a few weeks, um, I was there every day and just helping with the, at bus- the business, at the business, you know, just getting all work online because it wasn't online um, and just helping wherever I could. So, so you used your practical skills a lot there, and then emotionally you were you got involved with the children. Yeah. So as I say, you know, for me it wasn't a matter. For me it was like whatever I could do to help, I wanted to. So that was the one side, and then yes, you know, with the children, I did develop a beautiful relationship. I mean, beautiful children, and as I say, my heart broke for the kids. Um, so you know, so it was an opportunity where it was August where. Uh, Leora's kids and my older one were different school terms, um, and they were now on like a five-week holiday. So I saw that as an opportunity to try and get them out of the hospital because they sat there day in, day out. And as hard as it was for them, I knew it was hard for Leora because, you know, she never, ever had that break, um, you know, with the kids. So they also needed some type of normality. So the one day I would take them, we went to warm bars for the day, just to give them a bit of fun and just to get them out of that environment. Um, I took them you know, for the weekend to our house at the dam. Uh, took them, we organised to do a whole zoo program during the holiday. You know, so just yeah, so just try to spend as much time and just to just give them some type of normality to help Leora. Fantastic. And Rob, going back to you, you are very much a community woman working with the community. Did you find that a lot of the community turned to you to ask what you felt they should be doing? Um, yeah. No, so I think there's always like, you know, when something happens, people want new, like info, like what's happening and what's going to happen. Now, ev- I think everybody knows I'm not the person to ask that. Like oh. even other friends, they're like, but what's happening? And what? I'm like, <laughs> dude, you're asking like, I, like I'll never, I don't think it's like the details matter in a, in a thing like that. But if people ask practically, um, it's interesting what Lee said. Like a friend always says to me, don't offer help, just help. Mm. Um, so like I, I've seen people at shiver houses just going up to the person's fridge and looking at their shopping list, pulling it off the fridge and going and doing their shopping. They didn't know someone in the family was going to pass away and their list was ready. Go do the list. It's it's like that. Um, also remember when we were saying shiver for my father and it was COVID. So you could only get catering platters of food and everyone who wanted, like, my brother was like, stop everyone. No one's allowed to bring another. And I was like, but people actually want to. So Mm. I started asking people for hand soap and toilet paper, you know, practical things. So I think uh, like that, you know, when people say, what can you do? It's like, if there's something practical, just do it. You know, just go do a checker 60 shop with cold drinks and tissues and just get it delivered to to the house mm. I think for Leora For anyone It's, it's a practical way of, of reaching out um, Do you think It's our community That um, actually Allows this Because not many Coming from a, a community A different community Myself This doesn't actually Happen You know That you're sitting For mm. seven days mm. You're shiver And people are coming And going And they do offer You don't find it In many other communities so do you think that our community in south africa are particularly strong or in johannesburg we can say here i think um also the challenge of living in joburg it kind of has pushed us together into we realize that we've got each other you know Mm. like also like hatsola in cso i think just the the nature of living in joburg makes us very grateful of our community which otherwise you could take for granted but we see the juxtaposition of a 
you know, things not functioning optimally around us and then our community really pulling in for each other. Mm. So I think maybe we do feel it more acutely. And also because of the size, I think at least by one degree of separation, we're all connected to the next person. Mm. Mm. Um, so it does make everything more personal. You know, like some people say, why is there so many tragedies in South Africa? Like, you hear it all the time, and I'm like, because we all know each other. I'm not sure if that is the reason. You know, maybe we do have more things. But we are a small community But yeah, now. We, we connected, mm. and I think people really do feel each other's joy and pain. And yeah. I think you're absolutely right. You know, I read somewhere that King Solomon wrote, there is a time for every experience under heaven, a time of being born and a time for dying, a time for weeping and a time for laughter. And I love that. I'm so, so, sorry to interrupt, but I feel like around Leora, you feel like the time to dance and the time to cry can actually be at the same moment. Mm. And I think, I know, um, I think Leanne initiated a lachaim on the first Friday afternoon after, after the accident happened with Sean. But it actually like morphed into what we call the gin club. <laughs> no, and, and so often, like, when you meet every single week, you, you go through all of life's. We went through everyone's birthdays, everyone's yachts. We went through like, you know, poignant days together. And it would always just be Leora holding the space there in, in a way I've never experienced. Like, like when we talk about the grief. So there's so much grief and everyone in the space, but I can't explain to you when you talk about the laughter and the, the chirps, we can all chirp <laughs> each other, uh-huh. but like the joy and what it like I swear my whole week revolved around like those fr- like it just became that space where it was everything it was the time to dance the time to cry the time to weep the time to be like it was everything mm-hmm. and to be able to hold a space like that and be okay with it you know we we often freak out like something happened what should we say how and it's just pure like just that's what it is mm-hmm. you know and I think mm-hmm. that's Leora's talk is called just be and it's, it's a huge lesson. Just be in it. Absolutely huge. Leora, getting back to you, I read your article about the, the, the rust, uh, uh, the ginger biscuits, the ginger biscuits yes. yeah. in, in the jar. And yeah. I loved it. Tell me a bit about that. So, because that's yes. exactly what Robin yeah, says about yeah. the laughter and the tears being, mm. you know, one can go Time. lead on to the other. Exactly. So it comes from, um, the week that Sean passed away, uh, and we had had two weeks leading up to that where um, we knew there was a complication and we knew how things were going to turn out, and I completely lost my appetite. It doesn't happen very often, but this, <laughs> I lost my appetite. And, and that week of shiver, really the only thing I could manage to stomach were those long, thin ginger biscuit sticks. And um, after sitting shiver, I just actually couldn't look at them and... About a week ago, two weeks ago, I happened to see a pack. And as I was putting them into a glass jar, I noticed that they were falling over until I put all of them in the jar together. And then they were standing close to each other. The jar was full and they were all holding themselves up. Wonderful. And we're going to get back to that. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on 101.9 High FM. My guests today are Leora Kopolovsky, Robin Schmuckler, and Leanne Jackson. And our time is going very quickly. But uh, Leora was talking about her ginger biscuits. And during our break there, 
she suddenly remembered that Leanne actually bought her the first packet of ginger biscuits. So it's even more tied in with friendship, yeah, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. So Lee, Lee bought the pack of biscuits, and then when I mentioned to her that actually these were the only things that I was managing to eat, she arrived with like 30 packs. So I was, I was well <laughs> stocked. Right. Does sound right. Yeah, well stocked, well taken care of. But um, so recently I, I found, I happened to see a pack, and I haven't had them for the year. And as I was taking them out of the, the plastic and I put them in a glass jar, I noticed that the first few, as I put them in, were kind of like folding over. They soft in the middle. And as I added more into the jar, they all started holding each other up. They were close together. And I thought to myself, sure, this is, this is like friendship. This is if we allow people to stand with us, close to us. We can hold each other up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very important to me, and it's something I've actually spoken to my children a lot about, is that we, whilst we are at the center of this, but we cannot forget that the people around us who are supporting us also have stuff happening in their lives. So it's very important, I feel, not to step back and just say, thank you, everybody, and be there for me, and I need you. And But I've really tried at the same time to take note of what's going on in my friends' lives and to check in with them if I know that something's happening to make sure that I send a message or pick up the phone because it can't just be a one-way street Mm. because, you know, yes, in those very early days, the trauma and in that acute phase, people was, it was about me and it was, but time goes on and people are living their lives and they have stuff happening in their lives too. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I have tried very hard that we are, we are, we should all be there for each other, just like those biscuits. I love um, that analogy. That and you know, what you said about through the years, these last three plus years that you've been meeting on a Friday night, and now you uh, a Friday evening before Shabbos, and and the way you've gone through so much together, all of you, you know, it's such an, it's it's a wonderful. What I'm hearing is this wonderful bonding that has been allowed to take place and form. Have new people been allowed into this little? Oh. <laughs> t- oh, is that an or from you, from both of you? No. Robin and Lee. <laughs> I just feel that it is such a beautiful space and we should share it and we should open it up. And again, we are all in this life together and everybody has their stuff. Um, and, and there is a beautiful, safe, comforting space. It's a space where we have fun. We laugh. Um, and so, yeah, there are, there are people along the way who have joined. Okay, and Robin's holding her no, hand up like no, a th- school child <laughs> waiting for the teacher. No, I think, um, like what's amazing about it is when Viktor Frankl talks about finding meaning. Um, so I think Leora, through her journey, it's always like, what's the next meaningful way of, of acknowledging or coming together? But I think a lot of people look from the outside. I know a lot of people have said to me, is like, you're all so lucky. Um, that you have each other and that you have, like I know, I, I'm thinking, I'm just reflecting now while we're sitting here so many times, like Leah and I will be like, it's Ashura's bat mitzvah or birthday or, you know, like quickly let's, and we'll do something radical, but like, it almost, <laughs> it almost, I can't explain, like 
and I think it, it very much comes from Lee because she's opened a space, but it's, it's a space of a lot of meaning creation. Mm-hmm. So we know that every, anything that we can do will be received with, with love and meaningfulness. And we know that there's like no limit to, we like have, have done over the years, you know, acknowledged each time on the day of Sean's accident, mm-hmm. like what, what kindness or, or, and Lee's like the master also in, in putting these things together. So it has, Leanne, you're Leanne. talking about. Yeah, yeah, Leanne. So I think within it, there's been so much meaning. And when you say, do people, you know, come in, I think people almost look at that and it's, it's what we all want. Mm. We all are wired. I know the Hebrew word for Natan, which is giving, is a palindrome. So it's like, you could read it forwards and backwards. Who's actually mm. giving? Who's actually receiving? But it's to live in connection and to live in purpose. And I think, this journey for all of us has been that, and I know it continues. Like Leora is always like, you know, what's the next meaningful engagement or the next meaningful acknowledgement? And when she says she reaches out, she doesn't miss a thing, you know, like I've got a little sniffle and she's checked in and she's like, I'm bringing you soup. And it's from the smallest <laughs> things to the biggest things, she still has the capacity to hold space for others. So Wonderful. It's, it's very meaningful. What I'm hearing actually, and you're going to talk next, Leanne, you've yeah. got your hand up. But what I am actually hearing is Victor Frankl talks about saying yes to life, which is a choice. And what I'm hearing from all of you, actually, is that in this experience, you have all found a yes to life, something beyond yourselves, strength that you probably all didn't even know. You had, but it's coming out. And you know that Viktor Frankl, uh, a, a quote that I actually wrote down here, and I'm sure if Kerry Rubenstein's listening, she'll say, not Frankl again. She calls me Frankl. Uh, I sensed my spirit piercing through the enveloping gloom. I felt to transcend that hopeless, meaningless world. And from somewhere I heard a victorious yes in answer to my question of the existence of an ultimate purpose. Beautiful, isn't it? Lee, why was your hand up? No, so exactly what Robin was saying is, and it is, it's actually amazing memories of, especially Robin and I, is that any time, and it still continues, you know, how do you still be there to support Leora? I know there's many days in a year that are still hard for her, Mm. whether it's birthdays, anniversaries. So, you know, whether it's just even sending a message to Leora and just saying, Lee, I know it's a hard day, thinking of you sending love, sending flowers. Robin and I, this was during COVID, we were very naughty. We were the ones that it didn't matter that we were on lockdown. We were there at Leora every time. There was one of those days. Having Lechaims, yes, sitting at a distance apart. Um, but we would never, ever miss that opportunity to be there for Leora. Mm. Um, I mean, the funniest was probably when we actually went for dinner to Robin the one night during lockdown. I mean, I remember even taking my nebulizer <laughs> in the car because if I was caught, I was going to pretend I was having an asthma attack and needed to go to the hospital. <laughs> but it was. It was one of the anniversaries of something, and we were like, we're not going to let this you know, we wanted to be there fully, Aura, and we were prepared to put it's whatever very aside. irresponsible. I know. That's probably why I covered so many times. But you know what? It was just – and still today, you know, those days, I'll, I'll never forget the days. And uh, it's very important, as I say, nothing you say or do, but just so that Laura knows that we're always there for her and we mm. are always thinking of her. And, you know, it's wonderful to hear. And I would just like to go back to the unveiling at the moment and also just to wish Sean peace on his journey forward and and his parents and family. And just I wish them long life. 
uh, and comfort, quite honestly. But we um, go, okay. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program. My guests today have been Leora Kopolowski, Robin Schmuckler, and my daughter-in-law, Leanne Jackson. She's pulling a face at me for saying that, but there you are. Um, you know what? I, I found this funny little saying, and it's got these people in a circle, and it says, Strength grows when we dare. Unity grows when we pair. Love grows when we share. And relationships grow when we care. So live in peace, not in pieces. Wasn't that beautiful? beautiful. Leora, I'm going to be told shortly to wrap up, but I want to go back to Sean's unveiling. And what did you do afterwards? So so the unveiling was in the morning, and after we had the family for lunch, and leading up to the day, I just kept thinking, well, what's going to happen when my family and when everybody goes home, and it's going to be a Sunday afternoon, and... Am I just going to get on my bed and watch Netflix and be by myself with just my children probably in their rooms on their cell phones? And that, it felt so isolating. And, and, and I thought that's not how I want to spend the afternoon. So, um, some of my friends and some of Sean's friends came for a lachaim in the afternoon. And it was so beautiful just to be surrounded again, surrounded by people there for each other. I hope that it was as comforting for them as it was for me. They lost their friend. Mm-hmm. It's not a competition to see who lost the most and who's, you know, who it's worst for. And and it was a very very special afternoon. It was lovely. A couple of chayims sharing stories, remembering, and just really acknowledging who Sean was, the love that we all felt for him, and just the love that we all have for each other. The love that has radiated through through him and continues mm-hmm. to be radiated. Um, uh, Robin wants to say something right now. <laughs> no, I, I just think um, the word l'chaim has become such a theme for, for these past years. Everything that we do, I, I don't think, I mean, some of us may, may have been a little bit of a drinker before, but I can say <laughs> I, I was often the poorer, but I was never the drinker, ever. You were the um, thrower. Yeah, I'd like throw it out wherever okay. I could get rid of any way I could get rid of it, but I think it's actually become special is that we don't drink and no one, you know, does it to get drunk. But I think Lachayim has become a massive, massive theme of just um, when, you, you know, you only know the light when you see the darkness. And within that, we just, I can't think how many times we've said the words Lachayim. Even one night we were joking, someone was saying cheers because they were leaving a party and it was it was connected to Leora, and we were like, cheers, come everyone, let's cheers and have a Lachayim. <laughs> so everything has become about just life, feeling life more, living life more. Um, so as you mentioned, the Granadilla schnapps we've got in studio with us now. And uh-huh. just I think it's appropriate <laughs> to just say l'chaim. And we should, all, we should all every day be conscious of, you know, saying yes to life and holding each other more to a deeper life. And living in peace, not pieces. Amen. L'chaim to that. to that. And thank you all for being with me. I'm being told to wrap up. It does go very quickly. Um, 
Ralph Waldo Emerson said, it is one of the blessings of old friends that you can afford to be stupid with them. (laughs) So (laughs) I think that's beautiful. And I'm going to enjoy my schnapps. I'm not throwing it over my shoulder. I don't even think it would hit Craig. So it's going to go straight into my mouth. (laughs) Lee, how would you like to end? No, just, it was amazing being here. And just, again, we were saying, you know, just remembering so many things that we had forgotten of what we've experienced and been through with Lior. And it's, it's, it's been an honor. And, um, and may it continue and just to be there for okay. each other always. And just to say, I could not have gotten through. Sure. I couldn't have done it without my friends. You can't do it alone and you don't have to. Absolutely. Allow people in. Let them be there for you and just, and live. And it's the only way to do it. So uh, the only way I've been able to do it. Thank you so much, Leora, for sharing that uh, because it is painful. But uh, you have done it with such grace, and thank thank you. you. And, Craig, thank you for keeping us on air. We actually do have a song. It's the Turn, Turn, Turn one by the birds.